Hello, welcome to uh, Tigers, Tigers, blah, 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 another episode. Um, myself, Luke Flanagan, and Rich Walker's my co-host, is here. I am. Um, back and ready for more. Oh, aren't we? More. <laughs> <laughs> are we? Yeah, yeah, we've got a good episode coming up for you, but um, the content of the episode we're going to keep in-house. Yeah, we are. Um, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've planned for this episode, but we're not going to tell you what yeah, it is. You can ask all along, but um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, we'll get to him later on, Mister In House. <laughs> in the boat, out of the boat, in the house, out of the house. Make sure you reset as well. Yeah, pick a metaphor. Yeah, yeah stop mixing. <laughs> up, stop it's mixing no wonder up your all over the shop. It's just stop, stop mixing up your metaphors. <laughs> that's all he's got buzzwords and metaphors yeah. anyway digress as usual um, just a couple of things before we start big thank you to Danny Johnson and uh, Hull City Ladies um, I tweeted out earlier on um, I don't know if you saw it Rich we're nearly at 3,000 listens Mark which is pretty mental yeah it is I mean we must be getting closer to um, phase two of the plan <laughs> Is that to sell out cash? That, sell out cash in and bro down. down. Yeah, <laughs> it's not to make phase one better, is it? No, sell out cash in and bro right, down. Okay. Phase two. <laughs> um, just to put it into perspective, though, because like the 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 analytics that we have before I mentioned the other partner are actually quite kind of insightful because it it once obviously you, you you start building up and the months go on, it it gives you a kind of graph of where it is. It's all on the tweet if you have a look, but. We jumped up. We kind of been steady growing for for three months, and last week we've jumped up. Usually, we on average we get maybe sort of between one hundred and fifty and two hundred and twenty listeners or listens, and we had four hundred and seventy four in one week alone last week. Wow! So that's that's like doubling the listenership in one week, which is fairly mental. Um, yeah, so there's nothing like a bit of rage to. That's uh, it. I think that's. I think we're just we're, we're speaking on everyone's wavelength. I don't think it's anything different we've done. I think it's just the state of city as when people are interested in what we've got to say. Yeah. Um, and the the top episode, it's not even a week old. So the two Joes episode from last week, um, is two hundred twenty seven listens, <laughs> <laughs> and that beats our very first one we recorded at the beginning of April. Um by quite a lot so the the, the the top five if anyone's interested is, is two, two Joes from last week that's top and then the very first episode where we talked about home games away shirts and best shirts that's second Rodney Rose third Fagan is fourth and then the, the the one that's entitled Grant McCant hasn't got a clue is is fifth <laughs> so that seems to be the go-to for the biggest episodes <laughs> we have also got it also breaks down the the geographic region. So, United Kingdom eighty six percent, United States six percent, Belgium three percent, Australia two percent. We've even got listeners in Romania and Denmark. So, oh wow, mental. Thank Dan Petrescu and uh, Peter Schmidt. Well, it must be, yeah, um, yeah, must be interesting what we've got to say. So, thanks to everybody. Uh, but obviously, Danny Johnson and the whole city ladies were our first sponsors. So, uh, grateful to them, and we'll be getting down and doing some stuff. Uh, features with uh, the ladies team and stuff when that's back on so that should be good and then the other one is um, Fan Hub Football um, so they're in our bio so we just give them a look but it's a new app that's going to be launching with the hashtag fans first so it 
basically recognises and rewards fans for supporting the local team. So the more like, sort of away games you go to, the more it's like a reward system and you get money off things and stuff like that. So should be a good initiative to get behind. Um, we'll be back in a second with the start of the episode. Don't go anywhere. We'll start with... Um, we're kind of going to talk about a few things in the first segment, aren't we? But mm. we are going to kick off with George Long. Yeah, start at number one. Yeah. Um, I was just interested that he, he um, that Grant McCann put him back in straight away. I know we were talking in the last episode mm. about uh, Matt Ingram and whether or not we felt he could have done better with Luar Luar's goal. Mm. Yeah. Kind of concluded that you know he probably could have done. But then again, uh, he's not pay- played football properly in two years. Yeah, so yeah. Um, kind of harsh to judge the lad on that, really. Yeah. See, sort of odd character for um, McCann in a way to kind of make a reactionary change. Yeah. Know, because that's what it was shown to be. You know, it was um, It's just like, unless he'd done it to protect George Long and, you know, take him out give his head a break, but it just seemed strange, you know, to, to taking him out of the team and then put him back in. And then once he's made the decision to to bring Long back in, and we know that Long is one of the senior players in the squad, he's captained the team on a number of occasions this season. Yeah. Um, once he, he'd made the decision to pick him back in or to put him back in, did, did you think that he justified selection? I mean, not particularly. Um, he, he made, he was relying on his defenders for last ditch defending, really. I mean, first minute he had a shot that probably could have caught, really, and he tipped it over the bar. That's a bit of a theme for him as well, isn't it? As we've seen with the third the, goal. More about the spectacular. Um, I don't, yeah, the third goal, I don't know what he's doing. Just out for a corner, dive on it, whatever. And he's just. He's, he's made a half-decent save, but it's only half-decent because he's then given them another chance to smash it in, which they're going to take. Yeah. Um, and I was disappointed, really, with it. I mean, it seems to me that, uh, well, the only the only explanation I have for Ingram playing one week and, well, one game, it's not even a week, is it? One game and then and then long another is Grant McCann just goes heads to tails, heads it's long and tails it's Ingram. Yeah. That, that well, seems to be the... Yeah. That's how it seemed. I mean, I don't think he's picking him on that basis, but it did just seem, it seemed strange to have, have taken Long out. And, all right, Ingram was at fault, you'd say, for the goal. Yeah. Um, that, that Luton scored. But then to, I didn't think he was so badly at fault that, you know, from a 1-0 defeat, you'd take him out again. And I don't know what good that does either keeper, either. no. The, no, mes- the message, the message to Long after was afterwards was, I mean, a lot of people were talking about whether Ingram should come in, and I think everybody on here, we we asked Joe, didn't we? Well, both yeah. Joes who were on, and they both kind of said, "Well, no, I do, I, do, I think that's too big a call, and it's too late." And he made the change, and Ingram comes in, and I don't think Ingram did anything necessarily that bad. If you're looking to point fingers, I would say that Batty should have closed him down before he had that shot against Luton to not have to make that save. Um, but that's been quite picky and, and maybe that's defended Ingram a bit more than he deserves. But then what does it say the next week when you're just sticking long back in? Just like, oh, cheers, thanks for that one game. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It just seems yeah. a bit, 
it, I, I understand why we've brought that up because it just seems a little bit of a nonsensical one to me, really. Mm. Yeah, and it, it wasn't just the decision to pick him. It was I thought there were two goals that, that Long could have done better for. I mean, the first one's gone across him and to me, you know, all right, it's, there's a fault there ahead of him in, in the way that we defended that situation. Where's the right back to start yeah, with? Well, and, well, he's probably back in America is where the right back is. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but then it was... Um, You'd have to play it out there, really. Yeah. The way it went in across him, and I wasn't particularly happy with that. I thought he could have done better with that one. And then the the, sec- the third one, sorry, was... Um, it's something that we've seen out of him quite a few times this season is where he's not necessarily pushing the ball away from danger. It's like back out. Um, and I thought also, I mean, I'm not a goalkeeper, so there might no, be people out there who play in a position that can could correct me, but I thought he sold himself a little bit for it in in that he came down, came out to narrow the angle and, yeah. and kind of gave, um, who was it that scored? Danny Ward. Danny Ward, yeah, that's it. And he gave Danny Ward the, the, the lane into the net. Pretty much, he just said, "Smash it in here, mate." I won't be able to save it. But it wasn't even a smash, was it? It was, it was, it was a decent finish. You know, he placed it well, um, but it was, it was open for him. I just thought it was at fault, and it was something that struck me that we've seen it a lot this season out of George Long. I know people do, do rate him, but yeah, I mean, he's um, a Chef United youngster, weren't he? Um, yeah, so he's come up for a good academy. Um, I don't know if it's just low on confidence. I mean, would you? If you could, could you blame him? Could and... you blame him if that was the case? No, as well? I mean that's the only thing that I'm thinking about is maybe he's caught in two minds. And when and when you are not confident in yourself, the decision you do make is is maybe not. I'm not gonna. I'm not saying half-hearted. I'm not saying he didn't try at all because again, that's that's not fair and that's that's not the case. But it it just looked like he wasn't altogether there. You know the concentration wasn't there, or the confidence that he could actually save it properly. Just wobbly, really. Um, yeah. I mean, linked to that. I mean, if we move on, to, we was going to talk about set pieces. I was tearing. Yeah, it's my all hair kind of linked, about, isn't about it? That second goal, mate. What the fuck was happening there? <laughs> Just one of the that Cardiff have. Just let him run on to the ball, mate. Do it. Just let him edge with the ball. Why not? It was a simple block, wasn't it, in, in the in the build up when the ball's whipped yeah. in. Uh Tafazoli, I think it was. Yeah, it was. Um, and again, he's not played much football, so I'm not I'm not gonna hang him out to dry and criticise him, but it was if it was his man, he needs to do better. He needs to do a lot better. Um it's just how many times have we seen soft goals from set pieces? Just since the restart even. Yeah, I mean the, the, the Charlton one struck a chord with me straight away. Just what long flaps at it. Nobody wants it, and Shackle comes and just bundles it off the line. He wants it more than everybody else. Set the tone, didn't it? Really, that it did. Yeah, I mean that second one last night gets worse and worse the more you watch it. Because um, long, no, sorry, Tafazoli didn't even really get blocked off properly. Now that I've seen, no, that. it was it was a half-hearted kind of. Ah, yeah, it's, it wasn't anything that um, he was fouled and impeded to. to not well, no, he's running to his own man. Mm. He's lost it's his man. Room, yeah. He's lost his man immediately as the ball comes in, runs into McDonald in his attempt to recover his position. He just gets nowhere near him. It's yeah, awful because the the, the the run, farcical. the run was 
was just it was such a straight run. Was it? It was Morrison, wasn't it? Scored it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, um, yeah it was. But he's. He's not even had to, you know, move a great deal. He's not had to throw his mark off. He's well, just had no, to kind of it wasn't challenging. It. it was just run up, bang. It wasn't but, a difficult header for him to score, was it? But it became, it becomes again another theme for us um, over recent weeks. But you know, over the course of the season as well, an inability mm. to defend set pieces, and and every week it's like, you know, I don't want to get on my can straight away or do it. I don't know. No. Maybe if that's what people well, want from us. Um, well, we are going to get on to McCann later. Yeah, right? we'll come to that. But every week we hear out of him, it's like, well, we looked at that and we'll look to work on, work at it on the training ground. And what, what are you working on then? Mate? Yeah, well, that, that's it. Question. I mean, you've got, you've got uh, Cliff Byrne, who's his assistant coach, who, who is a centre back himself. And if they're, if they're looking at that and they're thinking, well, we're working on that and we're improving, what would it be like if if we didn't work on it? Because <laughs> it, it's shocking. You know, it re- it really is shocking. Yeah. And we've had our troubles uh, from set pieces in the past. I know that you know one of Marco Silva's undoings was the fact that we had that um, zonal system. Zonal well, Z- 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 always winds me up, mate. I, yeah, because it, 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 just because I'm more old-fashioned in some ways to do with football, but it, I do not see any kind of merit of zonal marking. Yeah, it leaves you weak. You know. If, even you're, Adkins did it a little bit until he shored up and actually changed it. Yeah, but, you're, you're defending positions rather than men. But, mm. but last night, we were evidently man for man. And it's so it's so simple. Um, if you've got a good good corner taker, zonal marking means you're wide open. Yeah. They just, they just have the run on you. Because then it's who's man's who. If it's in the middle between between two of them, how do you, how do you coach one to say, will you leave it then? And you go and edit away. It's just I don't understand why managers go with zonal marking, and it winds me up when I see it. It just makes me rage. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the things that really, really grates me about. Just, I mean, not every manager does it now, do they? I mean, there, there are there are teams that that don't do it at all. But you're seeing it more and more often, and I I don't see the merit in it. No, I mean we weren't, you know, we weren't playing that last night. It was evidently man for man. Yeah, but it's just it's such a basic yeah. bit of defending to have to complete, and it it's was, Sunday league stuff. That he was miles off him, and like I say, Morrison just doesn't even add to. It's not even a good run that he's had to make. It's very very no. basic. He's gone in and attacked the penalty spot. Well, he's run off four yards and jumped and it. Yeah. Yeah, and he's he's in such space. He probably could have taken it down if he felt like it. Yeah, the chest and overhead maybe. Yeah, the time and space to do it. Set pieces has been our undoing all the time, though, hasn't it? I mean, well, it's one of our undoings. We've got a number of feelings, haven't we? Yeah, well, that's true. Um, but not if you listen to the manager last night, but maybe that's for another section. Yeah, it's nobody's fault. Remember? Yeah, that's right. It's nobody's fault. Don't blame it <laughs> on anyone specifically. Um, but I mean, the next thing that we said we would discuss with this, and it, it, it does kind of th- these all link in because obviously we start with long and, and we're talking about set pieces. And before I get to this next one, I mean, <clears throat> the only kind of bright—I wouldn't say bright—I'd say kind of dim light. So there's a little bit of hope there. Was for some of the games the set piece deliveries when we had Herbie Kane were decent. And then he obviously got injured and he's gone back to his parent club today. Whether we see him again, I doubt it because 
to to go back down to League One and learn feels like something that he's done and he doesn't yeah, need to feel like a backward step for him I imagine so I don't think we'd see him in the City shirt again I was never a bigger fan of Honeyman as we'll know on this the regular listeners will know on this podcast I never well, really <laughs> thought he was that good but I, I actually think he's been one of our better players and his set pieces were often good but actually yesterday they weren't he has um, you know he's been one of the few that stepped up to it I think and, and part yeah. of that was his um Set piece delivery mm. over some of the games. Bristol, um, what was the game? Uh, West Brom, yeah, uh, the corners and things, um, and free kicks, particularly because I think I don't, I'm not sure if it was maybe, uh, I can't think who it was the first game, it might have been Bowler. And when he tries to take the free kicks, they just went way over and didn't even like. Even register as as a it was just all like a clear. Yeah, I think he took he took one from wide on the right, didn't he? And oh it, yeah, yeah, and it went just didn't even go near a player. I think it was more out for kind of going out for a throw in. Some of the stuff was awful, but Honeyman has improved us in that that respect. But again, this was one of the things I wanted to add to the set pieces. How many fouls do we want to give away? And I feel like I say it every week, but. <laughs> You get you get maybe a half decent ball in, and we got someone like Eves in the area who should be attacking it. Mutafazoli's you know tall unit, and and McDonald is you know his central defender. He should be winning those kind of things. But every time we just seem to give away the soft foul, and we've got no nouts about us. Mm. We don't know how to kind of make a run on the defender. It's always got to be so keen. We've always got to be grappling them down to the floor. And the and the other thing is. We were denied a certain penalty. Absolutely, and and I can't believe I've watched that about six times, and I just can't for the life of me know why he's not given it and why the linesman's done naff all with it and all. Well, it's very rare that a linesman uh, or an assistant referee gets involved unless they're. But want it's to in do front of him, mate. There, it's in yeah. front of the ref, and it's in front of the linesman. It's blind. There's no players blocking it. It's blind view. Wilkes yeah. has done it, and he's tripped him up. It looked a penalty to me on first view. You know, even without the benefit of a replay, I was convinced. You know, I not shown it back. Yeah. I sent you a voice message, didn't I? Which is <laughs> fairly expletive. But I can't. I mean, we've had no penalties, have we? <laughs> No penalty decisions. We're not getting anything because I think people kind of see, if you watch the games, we're, we're almost too keen to get to the ball. And they have been in the last five or six games where the, the, they're so desperate that the, they give away soft fouls and the ref, the defender feels the touch and they just go down, don't they? Mm. Um, but the, it may have it may have been something if we'd have got that penalty at 1-0, at, because at it was 1-0, we we kind of edged into the game a little bit, and if we'd have had that, I mean, we'd probably have lost three one. I'm not saying it would changed anything, <laughs> but to be given the chance to score a goal there may have improved our morale. Because what's it say then when we go up the other end and two nil? You know what I mean? They nearly scored, and Batty made that amazing tackle right last ditch, and then we concede from it. So it's pointless. All that hard work he did running right from the other end of the area. He's just undone by Paul Markin. Yeah. I mean, and it's almost like we were pissed off that we didn't get the penalty. And 
minds are in it or something. I don't know. It could be that because you know we know we we don't have a squad that responds well to a bit of adversity. We've said before no. there's a lack of character, uh, and that could be a knock. You know, we haven't exactly been scoring goals for fun. So when one of your players kind of carves that out from from absolutely nothing, you think. Could that be your only opportunity at scoring a goal, salvaging something from the game? Um, That's no goal. No goals in form, isn't it? No yeah. Goals in the last four games. Yeah. I mean, um, um, you know, to some extent, I think we said it last week that you had to take the referee out of the equation in a way. Oh yeah. yeah um, but, but that was a big admit. That it was. It wasn't. And and I was I was going to say it's okay, you know, to say that you you have to take the referee out of the equation. There are times when you can't help but have referees cost you. And I'm not necessarily saying that that's happened in the last last few weeks, but you know it, no. it, it does add up because you know Luton Collins should have been sent off um, for that headbutt. Oh, on, unbelievable! Yeah, on McDonald, yeah, and then he talk, ends up scoring the winner last night. night. He yeah. ends up scoring yeah. a winner for for Luton Town. So yeah, and he you know he should be banned, shouldn't he? He should have a three game ban for a straight red. Yeah. Yeah, unless they appealed it, because sometimes they can appeal. You know, like if that had happened, I mean, as I understand um, it, and it, it could be wrong because it was a few years ago that I looked into it. Um, but part of the appeals process, and it seems a bit backwards to me. Part of the appeals process for a red card is that you would have to show that it wasn't even worthy of a booking in order to have it overturned. Right. Um, yeah, whether that's the case now, I'm not sure. Um, I haven't. Well, there's been that many rule changes this season, mate. I would yeah. not rule it out. Yeah. So yeah, you know, to a certain degree, you do make your own look, but but sometimes you you are just you know it's it's not running for you, and and no. I think that was wasn't the case that we were unlucky to to lose last night or even unlucky to get relegated, but it was it was no. definitely a stonewall penalty. It was um, last the number that we'd had kind of written down was eighty seven goals conceded. <laughs> So we're just going to touch on that before we go on to the next section. Um, yeah. I mean, what does that say, really? It says we can't defend. <laughs> As we've been saying, you know, we, we, we cannot defend. We've been far too open all season. Um, and, you know, whether that's down to the formation or what, I, I happen to think it is um, partly to blame um, for, for the way that we defend as a team. Um mm. But to concede eighty-seven goals, and and to be fair, you know a lot of them have come since the turn of the year as well. Yeah, and um, you look at some of the scores that we've been absolutely walloped by in in recent weeks. It's yeah, you know, eight at Wigan, yeah, uh, three. Um... Three at Cardiff. Yeah, four West Brom. Four West Brom. Four yeah. Leeds. Even, five even, Stoke. Yeah. Five Brentford. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you look at the got so last uh, one, two, three, four, five, last six games, we've scored three goals, and we've conceded uh, 12, 14, 17, 18, 19. So uh, conceded nineteen goals, scored three in the last six games. I mean, it's, it's not bad. Hard, it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's bloody awful. Minus 16 goal difference in the last six games. <laughs> no points. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, it might be that that, that loss of um, Bowen and Grzycki earlier in the year means that teams don't have to be as wary of the threat that we were posing in behind and they can, they, 
they can attack us with impunity, really, because... They have to think, what, what's that got going forward? We'll just... Yeah, yeah, we haven't got it going the other way. Um, no, I mean, the, the Wilkes was in good positions and he didn't play Eves in at one point. Or yeah, well, I mean, that's that's what we get with Mallet Wilkes, I think, unfortunately. He's, you know, Inconsistency. He's, you just have to keep reminding yourself that he's 21. Um, yeah. He, he's not of the quality that we've been used to watching. Whether he'll find that and he'll refine his decision-making in that final third, we can only hope. Um, because there are times where he, he picks the right option and he looks very, very good, but then there are other times he gets his head down and he runs himself into into you know trouble, mm. and that's what he looked to do last night. I mean, had he had he played easy, we've got no guarantee that he'd have scored. Um, sure, but he's probably just been tackled because he's so bloody slow. But <laughs> he was he made the right run though. In fairness, he did. It was, his movement was very good um, in that particular instance. Um, but Wilkes just didn't get his head up to pick him out. And we've seen that from him sometimes, you know. Um, I think before the before the goal he scored to win the game against Middlesbrough, which feels like a really, really long time ago now, even though it was only three weeks. Um, yeah. I think he had an opportunity immediately before that where he could have played somebody in and took an awful shot, skied it. Yeah. It's, it's just part of his game at the moment. He's a young player. And like I say, hopefully, hopefully he'll. Um... How ironic that if he'd have been with Barnsley, he'd have stayed up. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, which, uh... you know, it's ironic, but maybe he'd look at it and think he'd rather be a first team player, regardless. But of potentially, the because he wouldn't, he wouldn't have been playing at nah. Barnsley at all, would he? Um, I still can't believe they stayed up. Well, credit to can't... him. Credit to I know him. You know, I'm, I'm not having a go at them, but it's just so, so mental that. The, the way that the rest of the results went, because obviously City was a foregone conclusion whenever we conceded. Yeah. But the way that they went to Brentford and won. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, they're, they're players and they're, so, they're not superstars, Barnsley. You know, that you would say that they're probably League One players like like us, really. But they've got, they've obviously clearly got organisation and, and graft and some kind of a little coach bit of that knows what he's doing, well. maybe. A little yeah. bit of desire because you look at their last five: one, two, yeah. uh, lost one, drawn two, and the yeah. same for Luton, unbeaten yeah. in the last five. That might even go long, on longer, but the, the form table shows that. Uh, Middlesbrough won three of the last five. Um, everybody Again, with, down there, everybody down there was um, scrapping. You know, all, all right, Charlton yeah. haven't had the best run in the last five games; only picked up two points, but mm. at least you know everybody else. All the other teams that were involved in the relegation fight were showing some fight. We weren't. Yeah. We've just rolled yeah, over. Yeah. And it's been yeah. going on, you know, whether it came earlier in the season, uh, once Bowen and Grzycki left, and it's, you know, keep going back to that, but it really has been the turning point in the season. It really has been. Um, mm. You know, McCann refusing to acknowledge that we were in a relegation fight after the Brentford game. Maybe it was a little bit too early for him to get his head around it at that point, but you know the warning signs were there for everybody to see because it was woeful. Yeah, I think half the fan base put you know like insurance bets on to get relegated. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw loads of tweets last night. People have put a tenner on at one hundred and fifty to one. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They're, they're all paid out now. I mean, I wish I was a gambler because I would have I'd have had one on and it would have got me. A, Gibson Les Paul or something, but yeah, <laughs> I wish I wish I'd have put more on. Um, yeah, but you know, 
Maybe it's one of those. I did win from that that defeat. I'd only put because I got thirty to one because it was. I think everybody had lumped on by the time yeah. I got on. And they, yeah, they I mean it was it was blatantly obvious. You know the the way that we were set up then, and what what I wanted to say about that defeat was it was indicative of a lack of character in the squad because they weren't able to deal with that knockback. And yeah, it is a big knockback to say that you've lost your two best players and your biggest threats and really your only players of any quality. Mm. Um, or, you know, kind of quality that would you would consider to be sort of top end of the championship. But the way that they responded to it, they didn't dig in. And then the manager kind no of leaders. refused to acknowledge no that there was... The, yeah, the manager refused to acknowledge that there was a problem, didn't change his approach. And everything that we saw in that defeat, we saw in every other game after that. Um, yeah, Leeds especially. Um, and then the Stoke defeat was the lowest, I think, before... Before Wigan, yeah. Lockdown. Before we could, yeah, because I mean, I mean, that was we conceded four goals in fifteen minutes or something. Didn't yeah, it? Stoke. It yeah. was it was a like a monumental collapse. Just and then the I mean, same at Wigan. It was Wigan. exactly the same at Wigan. Just we got to half an hour at one nil, and then it was just six goals in what fifteen minutes. Yeah, that's one of the things he's going to have to address if if he keeps his job, and it looks like he's going to at the moment. Doesn't look like he's going anywhere. Does no, it? you know, he needs he needs to put leaders in that team. Um, if he wants to, if you know, if he wants to bounce back, mm. um, well, I mean, we are going to come to transfers later, aren't we? So yeah, that's something we'll discuss. Okay, so next section, <clears throat> I wanted to make one comparison um, with our current squad um, before we then move on to the man of the moment, Grant McCann. Um, I was looking um, at past awful experiences of City um, from when I had to go back to when I was growing up, really. Um, And I think during this season, I actually didn't know you, Rich, because we only met at secondary school. Mm -hmm. Um, And we started secondary school in 1997. Yes, because I can remember, uh, I mean, this will be completely boring for anybody listening but I can remember our induction day it was on the day that Mark Haley was appointed manager yeah facts for you there fact <laughs> um so yeah, that obviously we'd have been in year seven then um but the 95 96 season I do remember little bits here and there um obviously not I mean I was what I was what 10 um 10 when we got relegated um, and during that season, this was the last season when I was looking at the records and stuff. I've had to, it's, I'm going finding some interesting websites when I've been going through doing this research. <laughs> because the one, at, the one, at, <laughs> yeah. hey, well, it's in a private window, so we'll be all right. Um, <laughs> you're, giving, you're giving your tips away there. Yeah. <laughs> um, the footy stats didn't go back long enough because I use footy stats for a lot of stuff. It's really good. Um, if anyone's interested, it's like, yeah, the, the amount of detail it goes into is really good. I mean, there are, you know, there's Total Football, I think, and there's some other ones that people use. Um, but when I tried to get on the league tables from 95, 96, it didn't exist. It starts in 2008. So um, obviously they didn't go back that far. So I've gone to stats.football.co.uk because um, that was the one that came up when I searched for this. And this was the... Um, Standings on the 4th of May 1996. 
Um, we finished 24th that season. Yeah. Um, we had 31 points all season, which is mad. 20, 21 points off safety. 21 points off safety, which is so mental, isn't it? <laughs> um, but if you look at so the, the overall the table, we won five games all season that, mm-hmm. that season, 95-96. We drew 16, which is mad, because that's a lot of games to draw. Um, we lost 25, and we've lost the same amount of games this season as we did in 95-96 which is a weird parallel to draw. But when you're going to lose that many games, you ain't going to stay up, are you? No, it's, I mean, probably not as, you know, I mean, we can say definitely not as as, as bad this season as we were in 95, 96. No, no, 100%. But I think that the form that we've shown since January would put us on par with that. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I think there's a there's a, a parallel to be drawn between you know that that was one of the darkest seasons in in the the club's history, and you know, about to enter one of the, the worst periods of of uh, city's city's mm. history, definitely. And it feels yeah. like that again, doesn't it? It really it does. does. Yeah, it feels like the return of the dark days, um, which is really depressing to say, but I can't. I can't be positive about anything, really. I mean, I don't just want to be doom and gloom and negative because people are down enough as it is. You know, we want to try and um, talk about some things that will maybe bring a smile to people's faces or make it relatable so that they feel like, you know, we're not adding to the misery, as you said last, <laughs> last episode. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a bit, you know, it's, it's not good, but I can't see any way... I mean, last time, it, I mean, it nearly got worse, didn't it? Because we nearly got relegated out of the Football League completely, 98-99, didn't we? And then it, it took Joycey and signed a load of hard bastards in midfield that no one wanted <laughs> to play against, where, you know, Brabs and John Whitney and people like that, when we then sort of managed to do the great escape as it was, and we were still not out of trouble after that, were we? I mean, locked out the gates and... Ugh, that all of those things are on. I mean, I've got really good memories of Boothry Park because I mean, we saw each other every week, didn't we? Uh-huh. And it was yeah. just, you know, on the terraces. I miss terraces. Uh, I will say that. I feel that this, the, the atmosphere is very rarely matched from the good days at Boothry Park, the good games where it was bouncing. I think the only one maybe that you can compare was that Watford playoff at home. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, the KCON, it's got its own... Atmosphere, um, it, it just yeah, feels it's, it's different. different. I will, I will agree that if I don't, know. I'm not saying it's it's there's no atmosphere because there have been games at City where we've watched them at KC that have been like amazing atmosphere. Yeah, but it just it's, feels different. Ter- terraces are a different proposition, and that's why we yeah. all, you know, as fans, we look for the away days where, yeah, you know, yeah. there is a terrace, one, for example. You are. I think Peterborough still got one, haven't they? I think I think they've changed it. I no, think they've changed, changed it now. now. Yeah, I believe. There I believe there's not many seat. left, is there? Where where you no. have like the old-fashioned terraces and stuff. Um, but I mean, when you look at we we conceded more goals this season. We conceded eighty-seven goals, which we alluded to in the last section, than we did in all of ninety-five, ninety-six season, and that's damning in itself because. I mean, it's not that many more. I mean, we conceded 87 this year. 95, 96, we conceded 78. And we had a goal difference of minus 42. But 
I mean, that was bad, but there are so many different things where you just think that's really similar. That <laughs> can, can you see honestly that if we didn't have Glenn Grzycki all season, we'd have scored 57 goals? I can't see it. Well, no, because we'd not look like it without him, have we? No, that's what I mean. If we'd have had that the whole season, it'd have been a record low number of points because he's he's so tuned in, McCann. I mean, this is where it's a nice segue into with talking about the. The manager is so tuned into playing one way that he just does not have a clue how to adapt to in-game situations or to change it depending on what. It's almost like, right, I'm doing four-three-three, and I don't. I'm not even going to look at the report of you know what this team play against and what that team play against because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, does it? Because whatever he does, he's never going to change it. The only thing he changed, he changed it twice. Once was against Millwall. And once it was against Wigan, and actually against Wigan, it opened us up. And... <laughs> in that first half, when he t- changed to, to three at the back, then they scored four more goals, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was probably less about the system and more about no, a collective but, downing of tools. But 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 the th- I, I understand that. But I also think that his his instructions are go to three at the back. He's got no clue of what to tell those players because players didn't know where they were playing, did they? Or they didn't look like it anyway. But it's a very difficult thing as a player to, you know, you've been coached one way all season and then suddenly mm. changed it. It is very dif- difficult, I'd imagine. I mean, it, it probably is, but I, I fail to see that if you're, a, if you're a manager, you've got to have, you can't just say plan B is to make plan A better because that's no. bullshit. You cannot no. have that. You've got to have different formations. Look at, I mean, I don't want to really make a comparison between Premier League clubs, but look at the way, say, Man United at the minute. They were terrible, weren't they, under Solskjaer at the start of the season. They were 10th, weren't they? And now they look like they're going to get top four because he's changed the system to suit the players that he's got. You know, he's got some half-decent ball-playing centre-halves and he's gone through at the back with them wing-backs. But they, they will train, no doubt, on shape and like that every time they've got a training session. I know the games come thick and fast and everything like that, but surely when we knew against Charlton, when when we came up against Charlton and all it needed was somebody to ban Mark Terrell, our one threat that game, and nobody looked like scoring, did they? That They were so comfortable, Charlton, and could have yeah. had two or three to go, mm, maybe we need to play the players that I've got in, in something that's a little bit more suited to what they've got rather than trying to just go, oh, he'll do what Grzycki used to do, or he, he'll do what Bowen used to do. Yeah, I, mean, I think adding a little bit more defensive solidity and, and, and some protection, you know, for the full-backs at times would have, would have definitely helped, mm. um, because that has been an issue. We've seen it time and again, um, where teams have got in behind our full-backs so easily, yeah. because they're not afforded the protection with, you know, such advanced wingers and when you've got as well wingers that want to come inside onto you know to to their other foot that again leaves space around the wide areas for, for teams to attack. I don't think that's helped. No. Um, I mean what did you know we know that he is or at least last season we can call it last season now that he was he was married to that system uh, and likely mm. to likely to continue to be in the future. What what disappointed me 
me about him last night was his reaction to it. Um, and to a certain extent, you can kind of understand him being defensive in his, his post-match press conference because he's been taking an absolute hammering recently. Mm. Uh, and, and by no means am I, am I sticking up for him when I say I can understand him being defensive. Um, yeah. You know, that's just the way it is. I can understand it. That if, if it was me and I was being battered like that, I would probably reacts the same way but then that's maybe a reason why oh you know among many reasons why I'm not a football manager yeah um and you know it's it's strange that they react that way in those situations um it just didn't seem to offer kind of any culpability um, no. or accept any culpability for the situation that we found ourselves in what would you say it's no one's fault yeah yeah um, and it was just more of the same, you know, got to reset and rebuild. Uh, yeah, I was just, I was just disappointed. Uh, and, and I get that he's going to come out and defend the owners because they're his employers and his grasp on his own job for any football manager in his situation is the grasp on the job will be tentative. Mm. Um, whether he feels that he can, um, you know, say anything about the owners' lack of backing. You know, obviously he said he felt that they've been brilliant with him, and um, you know, there's a lot of things going on that the owners have done for him that people don't see. I think that's that's fine for him to think that on his own, but he must. He's the manager of the football club, and earlier in the season he seemed to have quite a nice feel on how to kind of restore the, the feeling around the club. I know that. People said it on Radio Humberside last night that there seemed to be something where we were kind of making a move where people were feeling a bit close to club, the club and he was, you know, bringing the kids onto the pitch in open training sessions to, you know, just that sort of thing that we hadn't seen for a little while. Mm. Um, so he, to me, he has to read the mood of the fan base better. Um, so when he's asked the question about does he expect to stay, in, stay, in, stay with the club into next season, don't go defending the owners, you know, just offer something where it's like, you know, you hope to get the chance. But he's not helping his own cause. And I think one of the things that he will have to do is not just maintain a relationship with the owners, it's rebuild it with us. Um, it's going to be very difficult, mate, after what he said about bigger clubs than us have gone down. Yeah. I was and, at that. Well, I was. I was really, really wound up by it. I accept his point that bigger clubs than us have been relegated Don't to Don't say League it, one. though. Don't say um, it. Yeah. Because it's just an insult. It's some things you don't have to insinuate. You could just say other massive clubs have gone down or clubs as big as this club have gone down. He's almost dumbing us down as though we're shit. Yeah, and with with the greatest of respect um to the other clubs that Grant McCann's managed, um we are a much, much bigger football club. Um and to hear Bigger clubs than us have gone down is is no consolation at all. It's no consolation. Not on the night that you you drop down to the third tier of the English Football League for the first time in fifteen years. Mm. Um, because we should never, you know, we should never have found ourselves in this situation. Um, and just to kind of, to me, it felt like, look, these massive clubs have gone down too. So why do you think you're so bloody special? That's how it felt, and it's like. Well, we are bloody special, mate. <laughs> to me, yeah. I don't. You know, I'm I'm not bothered what the rest of England thinks about Old City. 
to me, to me, Old City is the only club. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't give a monkey's what's happened to Leeds and, and Sheffield United. I honestly couldn't care less. No. What, what, what bothers me is when he's saying things like, well, they've gone down. So, you know, just remember where you are a little bit or who you are. Because if, if they took it, then then you really need to wind your neck in. And Yeah. You know, it's, when when you're seeing people on social media compare the bloke to to Terry Dolan, who was absolutely <laughs> vilified, you oh, know, yeah. um, and and saying that he he can't even compare favourably to like Terry Dolan, and I've seen some people <sighs> even say that he can't compare favourably to Mark Hately. That tells you exactly where he is. You know, yeah. he's standing among the fans. So it's not just that he's got a relationship to maintain with with the owners, which I accept he does have to maintain, and his relationship with them is very different to ours. Mm. But he also has to maintain a relationship with the fan base. And, you know, for me, it felt like he kind of burnt that bridge last night. Yeah, Um, I think he's got got a lot of work to do if he's going to win anybody back, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, saying that people make of Hull City that... They're a club in crisis, and yeah, that's that's maybe right, but that's not to say that he's got any great perspective or any better perspective on it than us because he's seen it from outside. I just thought it was it was the wrong thing to do after a relegation that has been so pitiful mm. as this one. Um, it really, you know, just an abject surrender of a relegation, and you know, maybe that's how they do it on Sandy Row where they come out as bullish as, as that. Um, <laughs> I don't. I, I just think he struck the wrong tone entirely, and, and he might have had a message or a valid point to communicate in that. But just the way that he did it was did not help him at all. I feel yeah. like I've waffled a little bit there, but I mean, that, no, you know, I, it's I still get... quite it's still quite fresh. No, uh, it is. we we haven't we haven't done this before where we've we've analysed something as big as actually being relegated, not just you know certain to go down. We are actually down. Yeah. Um. For you, we've usually left it two or three days, and that isn't that. That's to do with scheduling and and you know lives that we have and work and stuff. But also, if you recorded everything in the heat of the moment, you often say things that you then maybe wouldn't have said mm-hmm. um, later on. But I just i I listened to what Grant McCann had to say last night, and each time I just got angrier and angrier. To be honest, yeah, yeah, it, it was. Just, it, it was it a just car crash really, interview. It really was bad. And the fact that it was on Zoom or whatever it was and Burnsy can't even talk to him because the owners threw a you know, a wobbler about him maybe getting a bit of a tough grilling after. Yeah, I mean we don't know what. about that, do we? That's, that's No, I know we don't, mate, but it's still something where we've we've always had that. Grant Grant McCann has come up and spoken to Burnsy and then gone down and done the rest of his media usually hasn't he that's usually what's happened yeah and we don't get that now and and that's it's no coincidence surely about that 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 that's happened it just felt you know Burnsy was trying and trying to to get more out of him and just to me when he said oh keep that planning out it just means that you haven't got one yeah, I mean that that was the other thing, wasn't it? He was asked about, you know, he was asked about the fans and what he would say to us to convince us that he's the right man to turn things around. And you know, after everything that's been said around the last four or five games, where now is the time to turn it around. Now we know what we have to do. 
Mm. We've heard a lot of empty words from from the management staff and and, and the players at the club. Um, so words don't cut it anymore. But at the same time, when he says, you know, it's very hard because no one will believe me now and whatever he says will be twisted into something else. It Don't make it easy to do then, you know. No. When, when you're asked whose fault is it that you're in League One, say, don't say, say, I don't think it's said, anyone's he, fault. He should have said there, book stops with me because I'm the manager and we've not been good enough. Yeah, And, and even never, then, some fans would have gone, you know, what is all these hands up there? I don't like what he's done with the with the group, but at least he's got a little bit of you know humility that he's recognising he hasn't been good enough. And yeah. he just said, it's no one's fault. And you're not yeah. kidding anyone, mate. You're not kidding anyone. His next breath, you know, his next sentence, he says, it's, you know, once it happens, everybody has to take responsibility. But then he goes on to say, like, we'll, and reflect, and re- we'll so... refre- reflect and reset. And then we have to go again. It's like, it's not a case of going... We've got no moment, games left to go again. It's not a case mate. of going again. Go this is a catastrophe for this football club. <laughs> we haven't been in League One for 15 years. And the last time we were there, it was a very, very different thing. We were we got, we got out of that league in one season because we had the backing of an owner who wanted us to go places in Adam Pearson. We had yeah. a good manager. And we, we had a squad of players. And we had some ex-Premier League players in there. Yeah, and, and we had a squad of players that would stand up and be accounted for when when times got tough. Yeah. I don't want to hear half an hour after we've been relegated, we'll go again and we'll learn from it. <laughs> I'm not saying no, I also no. wanted to tear everybody off the strip and say he was shitting, he was shitting. Well, I'd rather him do that, to be honest, because at least it feels like he cares about what what situation the club's well, in. I'd, I'd rather he's, admit he's in a position he where he's good enough. He's in a position where he's looking at, you know, with one eye on it, thinking, well, I'm going to be here and I'm going to try and he's going to have to rescue his relationship with these players because you can't tell me that that's not being damaged either. So he's not going to throw them under the bus. But at the same time, you don't want to hear, like, we have to go again. Yes, we will eventually have to go again. But I want to hear somebody cut up. It's just useless <laughs> platitudes. He showed no emotion. I I had um, talk sport today. I had Lee Bowyer. I don't like the guy. No, I'm not really bothered about Charlton. But I listened to his interview. He was on with the morning. So I can't remember who was on. Glenn Johnson and somebody else. And he was almost crying because they went down. You know, they got beat by a far better team in Leeds, he was saying, basically. But he was saying just how much it hurts. That, you know, he's, they've tried as much as they can to do it. And it just wasn't enough in the end. And he was saying all the right things, but it, it sounded, I mean, you know, it, I, I, I only had an interview with him, but it's, he sounded like, you know, he was, he was emotional, he was close to tears from it. And I would rather that, you know, I'd rather Grandpa can nearly be, you know, tearing up and saying how sorry he is that we're in this situation, because at least then the fans can relate to it a bit. Do you know what I mean? Like, we could just say, well, it shows he cares that it, I may, you know, maybe pissed off and, we haven't been good enough and you know, we know where to point the blame because it's always going to come back to the owners, isn't it? Because two-thirds, maybe even more now, of, of, of the fan base have, are not attending games and they've gone elsewhere. I know lots mm. of people through working with North Ferriby, for example, last season, they will not step foot in that place until the Alams have gone. And that's as simple as that. And that's fine you know, for some people to make that call, but others... You know, they they don't find it so easy to to turn the back on a club 
but at the same time, they don't want to be seen as supporting that regime. You, you get, I mean, we feel, we fall into that category um, because it's like not like necessarily that you want to to just up and leave and never go to a game again when we're allowed to do that. But it just feels that with McCann, he's kind of just sided with the people that half or more than half the fan base, most of the fan base, are so poisonous towards. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's in a very different position to someone like Steve Bruce, who who is able to tread that line, mm. you know, very well. Um, yeah, and when it got too much, what did Steve Bruce do? He walked away because he yeah, knew he, he couldn't do the job. He walked away, yeah. Um, it's a very different position that Grant McCann finds himself in, so maybe that's why he feels like he needs to align himself. He's got a reputation to to rebuild at the end of the day because he's no, you know, he won't be considered anywhere near the, the managerial prospect that he was a year ago. No. Um, I'm not I'm not saying that, you know, that's not defending him. That's just trying to offer an explanation for why he is the way he is. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, it, in hindsight, you know, some of what he says makes sense, you know, about wanting to get a squad together for next season that's together and, and, and up for the challenges. But it was... It was the stuff about, you know, just Leeds United and, and Chef United going down to League One and how that should, it, it almost felt like, you know, that should make it okay that we should accept this because they went down too. That yeah. was it for me. You know, I just felt like that. Was, and then he followed it up later on to say whatever I say will be twisted. Well, don't make it so easy to you don't have kind to of use your own there. words against you because you that does not help. in there, do you? No, not He's at just all. basically said we're not a big club, which, I mean, if you're making that comparison, like we said before, well, maybe they have a bigger fan base than us, but you can't be saying things like that to fans who are hurting. No, you can't. And, and uh, at what point does does history stop um, counting for anything? Because yeah, you know, you could probably look at. I mean, you could definitely look at Sheffield United and Leeds United now and say, yeah, the bigger clubs. But we've done far more in the last fifteen years than Leeds United have. We've spent more years yeah. in the Premier League than Leeds United have. In the last... All I've had to deal with on Twitter and social media is Leeds United suddenly out the like somebody's put twenty p in them and they're going all over the shop. Well, yeah, you know they, they will have done, but you know what can you say? What can you say? You've no answer. We've, we've no answer to it. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. an embarrassing situation that we find ourselves in. No, because it's it's hard to spot the club at the minute, isn't it? It's very yeah. difficult to be a whole city fan. It's not yeah. anything that you ever not you know you, you're never going to move to another team. You're not like that. It's, it's that's not the, you know that's not the done thing. But it's it, it's very easy to support, support City in the good times, isn't it? Mm. And get excited about things yeah, of when, you've not, when you've not even got you know a goal to cheer in the last God knows how long three hundred four hundred minutes yeah. of football. That's when not, it really starts to grate. It's not just on the pitch that we make it difficult to support all City. It's like that's what we've done over the last five or six years is make it as hard as we possibly can. To mm. like anything about the club, yeah. you know, you can't buy tickets to the games, you know, easily. And little basic things that other football clubs do well, and, and we just think we've got this way of doing it our way. And it's where the great visionaries in 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 all of English football, we see things so clearly. Um, we know but, as well that that the city fans are still there; they're just staying away because when what what happened when we played Chelsea earlier in the season. Like, I don't know. I mean, I think there are a lot of people in there weren't City fans. I knew a lot of people that I worked with 
they wouldn't even consider stepping foot in in the KC, whether or not it was you know a city game. Mm. The only thing that they were going for was was to go and watch Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah, I so I would, I would say that the, well, the danger but... the danger is that the the disaffection with the club is so is so deep, and that people have been pushed away for so long. You know, to, you will never get those back those people back and if you do you're going to have to work bloody hard to do it we saw the work that went in to rebuilding this club um, mm. when Adam Pearson took over and those you know people didn't come back overnight no um, no because when when we were when I started going properly um, would have been well, I think my first game was in 93 92 93 season Dino was still there Clinton Brown people like that and then I went a lot. I had a pass, particularly when it was at uh, Boothry Park. And we're talking 96, 97. There were less than 5,000 people there, mate. There was, I think the record low one, one year was like 1,500 against Torquay. I mean, that's the sort of crowds that we were dealing with then. And you can't see it. Yeah, I don't, can you see it getting that low? I hope not. Because that's a sorry state of affairs, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I hope not. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> I don't want to. I understand why, but it was just a point that I wanted to discuss, really. It was just that they, they were dark days at City, weren't they? Oh, yeah. Um, standing, yeah. yeah. You know, for a whole new generation of City fans, it's. This, this is... is the first time they've ever seen them. That a lot of the fans, we, I mean, look at who we've talked to. I mean, both Joes last week, they're a lot younger than us. Well, one's considerably younger, but I mean, Joe, Joe Appleyard, who, who I've known. I mean, I actually taught, I actually taught Joe when I was when I was at St Mary's years and years. It was about ten years ago. So all he'll remember is the good times of getting promoted. Yeah. And now we've had people like Bobby Hadgraft on. And you know she she remembers the playoff final, but she's you know she's got fifteen years less than us. So you, you might have gone to games as a as a kid, but you won't have the same memories. And a lot of these generations of City fans they don't remember Boothry Park because no. they weren't old enough to to go. They started going when you know Taylor came in, and and we started to drive up the leagues. And I think. Lots of city fans are in a position where they've never experienced anything like this before. So, thanks, Grandpa Can. <laughs> uh, look, you know, <laughs> loads of big clubs have been done. <laughs> Come on. What are you worried about? I can't, I can't, I can't say it just without cracking up, really. Uh, um, Right, so I think we're done for this section. Um, yeah, I think we're going to move on to tran- the backside out of that one. Yeah, we're going to yeah, we're going to move on to transfers. Okay, so today saw um, the retained and released list been published from our club. Um. What did we think of that? There were no surprises, really, was there? None, no, none. I know, I know. A few people were um, shocked to see uh, 
Davin Malinkovic <laughs> on the uh, on yeah. The well, he's, he's still under contract, and yeah, he's he with um, with Vancouver Whitecaps, and he yeah. won't be coming back yeah. till January if he does at all. So that's not you know he's not going to be part of the squad at the start of the season. Whenever that does start, unless well, even if he gets injured and he comes back, I'd, I think that's going to be a move. I mean, he's playing under. Um, He's played under Henri, I think, isn't he? Vancouver. Um, so I don't know. You know more about that than me. I'm, I'm yeah. not interested in that aspect of Canadian sports. <laughs> well, the the, NH, <laughs> the, uh, the NHL, I think you are is distinctly interested in, but not the not the soccer yes. side of it, as they call it. Um, although it is something that I am I have interest in. I don't know why, but maybe to, to be honest, I, I I would. Well, I am. You know. Otherwise, I won't be. Doing Otherwise, a, why are we doing this? Yeah. Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but I, t- the reason I don't watch, I don't watch nearly as much football as I used to these days, and I blame City um, because <laughs> when when we when we've yeah. been poor, the last thing I want to do is watch it's... more football. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think you... that's one of the reasons. That's one of the reasons why I love ice hockey is because it's it's an escape from that, and it's mm. a completely different sporting sphere. That's fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Each their own. Um, maybe I will start look watching NHL if as the season started again. There, uh, Stanley Cup playoffs are going to start. I think in about ten days. Okay, because um, I know they've, least... they've been doing that weird sort of bubble thing over in. Yeah, you know, yeah. They, they have to got... live together they... and, and and have negative got... tests all the time. Two bubbles in, in Canada, one in Toronto and one in Edmonton, uh, each of them hosting yeah. 12 teams from both conferences. So it's similar, similar to what they're doing with basketball and, and they're having the MLSs currently, well, I should say MLS, it's not the MLS, it's just MLS. Yeah, it's... They're all down at, in Florida, which yeah. ironically is where most of the cases are yeah. of COVID, so I don't know why they yeah, should be there. But... Huge undertakings. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's been some great games, man. If you ever do want to watch football, where you know people really can't defend, you want to watch MLS. <laughs> um, I watched, I, I, I watched the, um, L- the LA Derby. I watched, and it was six-two to LAFC against the Galaxy, and I've never seen such schoolboy defending. And I've been watching City for the last nine games. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm taking a break from football. I'm far too bruised to watch any more football. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, Milinkovic isn't going to be on there. He is still technically our player, though, because that's you know that's the only thing because we've loaned him out there. Um, obviously, Festus Arthur's the only real new face in there, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and you know whether what we what we see of him in a city shirt, we'll have to wait and reserve judgment did... on that because it's not fair to look at anybody's YouTube video and tell them whether no, they're good I'd, or not. I'd imagine his role next season would depend on what what we do in the summer. Well, also um, whether McDonald signs because he's been yes. offered a deal. That's the yeah. only worth talking point, really. I would have thought, is McDonald going to stay? Well, um, hopefully, I, th- I think he's done enough to show that he's worth a look. Um, I think, especially in League One, I think he'd be a much better defender than he would be in the Championship. And yeah. you do have to remember he's been out with horrific. Pers- what interested pers- me last night at, at, at centre half um, was that Jordi Device was completely out of the side. Yeah, that was something that. Um, I picked up on when I looked at the the teams, and I just thought he's off. Well, he must be yeah. either that or he's got an injury. But there was no injury concerns as far as I was aware from yeah. the seat was, from the squad. Did Reece Burke make the bench as well? Burke was on the bench, I think. Let me interesting, check. interesting though that um, Burke and Device were the only casualties of the Wigan defeat not to come back in in some capacity. Yeah. 
Um, Burke I was thought on that the was bench, very interesting. Yes. Burke was on the bench. Um, so the bench not used was Ingram, Burke, Bowler, Pennington and McGuinness. Mm. He obviously brought on McLaughlin because Elder went off injured. Yeah. And then he brought Terrell on, he brought Samuelson on and he brought Lewis Potter on. I don't really need to say that Keane Lewis Potter should have started again because I've been banging this drum since the fucking start of the re the, the re- He looked right as well, didn't he? he yeah, he did. Right. Yeah, he did. I mean, I don't know why he's not giving him more time. I mean, it's too late now, but I hope somebody doesn't come in for him because I would like to see Keane Lewis Potter as a regular starter next year in League One because I think he's got more opportunity. The way he twists and turns defenders, um, the one time it looked dangerous with that and put the ball in, it was the only nice. real bright spark, wasn't it, really? It was a great cross. It was very it was. dangerous. Was. Uh, Samuelson just arriving late, couldn't quite get on it. I can't uh, get over how young Samuelson looks. I know. He's got he's, some filling out to do. He looks about 12, mate. Honestly, yeah. I mean, I don't look particularly old. Neither of us do, really. I don't think sometimes. But oh, thank you very much. But un- <laughs> unbelievable. Developed a though. few more grey hairs over the last few oh, weeks. Mate, I'll tell don't you that. Start. I know I have as well. I might have to bid you another round at Barber's soon because there's just grey hairs <laughs> coming all on it. But Samuelson looks particularly. He looks like an under 16s player. He's just so lightweight, isn't he? I know he can put it about a little bit. So we showed, we saw that at West Brom when he was fouling players and stuff, but unnecessarily in my eyes, I think it was a bit too keen. But he he needs he needs to be in the gym that lad, I think, um, and toughening up because there's going to be some physical teams in League One next year. That's the worry, isn't it? When you look at a lot of the players that we have retained, um, is that again very a lot, of inex- lot of inexperience, you know. Um, Dan Batty, Sean McLaughlin, um, yeah. Brandon Fleming's another young lad. Uh, I mean, Matt Sheaf and Jacob Greaves are going to come in. I mean, they've um, been playing League Two. Yeah. Um, I mean, they did reach the playoff. Did they get knocked out in the they playoff did, yeah. semi? They did. Um, but obviously, they don't, but that's, that's they're the thing. I mean, that's got that were on the up. At least they've had some kind of good experience with that. Yeah, they? that's what I was going to say. I've not paid a great deal of attention to to you know the Maple and Cheltenham's team. Yeah, um, but I would assume that having made a push for promotion in that division, that they will have had some um, experience around them. Um, yeah, you know, to provide them that kind of steadiness and, and enable them to to play the game. That yeah. that for me is a key thing um, that we need to address. Yeah, uh, going into next season, um, you know that there may be players that leave, whether or not. New York come back in for Leo de Silva. Um, you know, from from singing his praises and saying how much we missed him at the start, he's not done himself a whole lot of good, has he? He hasn't. No. I mean, he's been asked to play all over the place. Yeah, um, I mean that that's maybe the one redeeming thing. But I, th- yeah. I think where he's lost a lot of fans is laughing and jerking and swapping shirts after the Wigan defeat. Yeah, again, it's it's kind of you can do that in the tunnel. Do away it in the, the changing room, in the tunnel, away from the cameras if you really want to. But it's it, that's not, especially you know, minutes after being beaten like that without a whimper. Yeah, it's going to piss off a lot of people. Yeah, and at the minute, and especially after an eight 0 defeat we we are and we're a fan base that's kind of like we're almost looking for an, no not looking for an excuse that's the wrong word but we will take anything and kind of go like and rightfully so it's kind of like anything <laughs> that yeah. we can kind of not hammer people with but it's kind of like you're not doing yourself any favors 
with with something like that. So you know, he's he's been he's a young lad. He's he's been inconsistent at times this season, but he he's has, shown some good promise. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he I mean, did. That's what I was going to say. He's he's, yeah. he's shown that he's maybe one of the more uh, capable players at championship level if you can put him in a team mm. again where he's got experience around him. I think James Scott's got a bit to do. Um, mm, started bright when he started against Birmingham because he didn't really have an awful lot of the ball and he scored with his first touch. Really. Yeah. And, but and that's he didn't maybe, kick on from that, did he? No, it, it's maybe something that you could excuse by saying that he's... He's been out for six months. And... Out for six months, not played a lot of football and yeah. the games have come so thick and fast, but there's just been times where he's not... He, He's not been in it. Whether that's an inability on you know other players' part in, to give him the ball, potentially. Um, yeah. Other, other than maybe he's, the, I don't know his position, you know, because he's always played out wide on the left. And and when I've seen kind of reports on him and stuff, they have him more as a striker. I mean, obviously right. he's not. Maybe you know again that's that's something that we really need to look at is is the recruitment of of a goal scorer because I know we said Tom Eaves scored a lot for Gillingham in, in League One mm. season before, but it doesn't necessarily mean he's not actually going to do that for us if he's playing yeah. if he's used to playing a different way for Gillingham. Yeah. Um and obviously McGinnis maybe League One is more his level. I don't know, but I think wouldn't... he scored around twenty goals at League One, but then I, when I saw that stat I didn't see how many games he'd played. So right. it, yeah. I could I couldn't tell you what his strike rate really was like. I think we need we need a big kind of we need well. We need a right back. Let's be honest. We've got yes, no we right back now. in the squad. I mean, especially after releasing Robbie McKenzie today. Although, <laughs> you know, people have said that McKenzie's position was not right back, and he was one of the most promising yeah. central midfielders. midfielders. At the club at yeah, one that's time. what I heard from Burnsy yesterday. Pre-game, then, he said that you know, I mean, so was so was Max Clark when he got modified to to be a, a you know very defender. capable left fullback. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, Josh Tymon was always a left back, wasn't he? Yeah, and he was he was a decent player, but um, I don't know. He, I remember he made his debut when he's about sixteen or seventeen, and he absolutely marked that big big bastard for Rochdale out of the game, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He was um, very very impressive that day. But you, there's um, no wonder that he moved on quickly when we went down. Um, but I mean, you're not you're not going to miss Bowler and Pennington, are you? That they've returned to the parent clubs clubs. Um, no, there's some sympathy in a way for Pennington because I don't feel like he got to show his best in his natural position. He was asked to, to play out. Um, you know, asked to. I know I've, I've just said that Mackenzie could probably have done better, yeah. and then said that Pennington didn't get a chance to play right right back or in his natural position. So maybe maybe I'm doing. Mackenzie a disservice there, but no, Pennington didn't get a chance in his natural position really, um, no. and Bolo is just another one, very uh, average in his fa- in the final third. His, his approach play could be quite neat and tidy, but there were times where it's, it's his final product. Yeah, and then the other the other one that we've we've moved on, obviously, or the other two, no surprises in uh, seeing Kevin Stewart and John Sorrell leave. Yeah. Uh, didn't see the best of either of them, did we? We didn't. I mean, injuries have played a big part in that, um, especially with Sorrell. I mean, less than 50 appearances of three years. He's just sick note, isn't he? Um, yeah. Very easily injured, but quality on the ball. I just wish we'd seen more of him in a City shirt. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that, that kind of... Um... 
like dangled in front of us almost for for his entire tenure with the club was uh, his season at Birmingham. Yeah, because he did very well there, didn't he? Yeah, 16 goals, I think, their player of the season that year. Um, yeah, there was a lot of hope around that. And then yeah, there was that he didn't materialise. No. Um, and, 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 you know, I don't think either of them were ever going to re-sign. Um, for the, you know, they weren't going to be offered deals for the money they were on. Um, no. Particularly Kevin Stewart, if, you know, his salary from the... Uh, Poorly redacted uh, club rebuttal to the Athletic. Yeah, I mean that's uh, still a crack up of all time, that isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it really was. Um, it's it's a big to black be fucking marker. The thing, the thing that um, their releases um, highlights is just how poor our business around contracts and, and transfer fees has been in recent years, because there'll only be, I think. Uh, Jordi Device and Reese Burke left in the team that have come in for, for anything like um, a transfer fee. Malik Wilkes aside, but that's a more recent one. You know, from yeah. that kind of post Premier League era, if you will, mm. um, that those two players are left, and everybody else that was signed is is really been allowed to leave on a free without a contract renewal. You look at you look at the players that have gone. Um, and and we we you know allegedly made our our model now to sign young players for cheap and improve them. I I don't think we've we've made a profit on a player that we've signed since twenty seventeen. Yeah, because that had been um, Maguire and and Robertson. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I mean, even then, when you're letting someone like that, I mean, I know it's hindsight; it's a great thing in it, but eight million. They must be pissing themselves that they got them for that. <laughs> eight million. Well, I don't think it even amounted to eight million, did it? Did uh, didn't the four million valuation of Kevin Stewart? Um, did it contribute to that? Did it? I believe so. Because it was a. I remember looking at how much we actually spent on Stewart, and it was officially it was a undisclosed fee, wasn't it? Well, they all are, aren't they? Um, but it, I know they estimated it around four million. But was it part of that Robertson deal that kind of will give you him as well and make it four? Yeah, I mean I could be wrong on that, but I mean when you look at the, you look at the players that we've lost on freeze, I think Phil Buckingham put on Twitter early on that we've lost fifty million quid's worth of players over the last yeah. three summers on free transfers. Yeah, so Marcus Henriksen, Dicko, yeah. Lehigh, Irvine, Kingsley. Um, yeah. Um, none of whom made the um, retained and released list, interestingly. So, no, uh, it's, you would consider um, them already gone. Yeah. And then you've got, you know, Stuart, Terrell, McDonald's out of contract, remains to be seen whether he's going to stay. But then you go further back, we lost Hernandez, Odebajo, Alan McGregor, Michael Dawson, David Myler. Um, that's. Davis. Twenty one well, twenty one million quid quid's worth of transfer fees uh in the summer of twenty eighteen went for mm. free. Twenty eighteen, nineteen we lost uh David Marshall, Will Keane, Evandro. Uh where is he now? Or one from the where is he now file Andre Mazouche. Yeah, uh, where is he now? I don't think he's got a club. Is uh, he not? No. James Weir went and paid a million quid for him to do Nacol. Yeah, he went to Bolton, didn't he? Him? 
Yeah, he's playing out. Um, he is impressing wherever he is. Um, really? He's, yeah, he's playing in the Slovak Fortuna League. Um, Interesting. For a, for a team whose name I'm not going to pronounce because I'll butcher it. Uh, it begins with a P. Yeah. <laughs> P. Um, yeah, he plays for AFC P. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in the slow that league, and he's, he's apparently doing very well out there. Fair play um, to him. That's not many players do that. He's no. the only English player there as well. Yeah, uh, which so you wouldn't see many, is. would you? They're all um, they're all either Slovak or Czech from the flag yeah. list. I can see, but um, and then this summer we're losing close to fourteen million quid's worth of players on free transfers, and it's you know whether they're. I mean, contracts... we have the. We are the lower league Arsenal with the poor contract decision because that's what they seem to do. They seem to let let players let players go for free and not tie them down to deals where we can then get more money from them. You know, does that make us the equivalent of Arsenal fan TV? I hope not, mate. <laughs> there's no there's no bloods or fans around here. I'm telling you oh, that. Oh god, yeah. If, that, if we ever get to that, that if we ever get we're, to we're that, we're never going to get to that. Surely, people. Yeah, please, if we like, ever do, please let us know. We'll just yeah. knock it on the head. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, so I yeah, be, I mean, it's, yeah. it's just the management of contracts. Whether or not you think that they're too expensive to maintain for the club, mm. surely um, you have to manage them better. Where you try and move them on before they run down for free, because then it's it's not just that you can't take that or that you lose those wages from you know your salary bill. It's you're also losing money that you can reinvest in other players, and it's not just if your game plan is to bring in cheaper players, fair enough. Yeah. I understand that that's worked for other teams. You know, you look at Preston or Brentford, and you know, there's countless other examples. I'm sure where teams. I, mean, I can't. Able... I can't imagine that all of those players will stay at Brentford if they don't go up. No, I wouldn't have I thought mean, you, so. You're going to get Ben Rama so. and Ollie Watkins and people like that. You're going to get big clubs in for for people like or bigger clubs in for yeah. players like that when they didn't cost them that much. In, yeah, in they'll move them on. That's the, yeah. that's maybe their, what we don't model, do. Is, isn't it? is move them on. Are we too are we too realistic in the transfer fees that we expect? Maybe you know maybe the Marcus Henriksen saga has been indicative of that because we, for some reason, made him the exception to the rule and extended his deal. And well, taking he, up. he clearly didn't want to stay. Yeah, didn't didn't want to stay. I uh, did. I still don't get that to this day. You know. But that's it. That's that's what I'm saying. Is it? It didn't make sense in the context of our other transfer dealings. Or no, our other... they just, if they wanted to go, they'll have elect to go. Weren't they? Yeah. Usually from fucking next to now. Yeah. So why have we said, well, there's clubs interested in Marcus Hendrickson, so we'll keep him on, and then the fee that we were asking for was apparently too much to for anybody to be willing to to strike a deal with us. Mm. It, it it don't make sense, and I, I, no, you know I think that's that's one of the other things that they have to. If if this is the model that we're going for, where we're buying players and trying to move them on uh, and improve them, then we obviously need to do an awful lot better at it because we've been we've been signing good players and then allowing them to run the contracts down and go for free. Um, you know, and even within that, there's other players that we've signed for free transfers or on free transfers that have have, have gone. You know, mm. for free. Where you, arguably you could look at somebody like Fraser Campbell and say, "Is he worth? <laughs> is he worth just signing to another contract? Because you know that you can move him on for a fee. That might be a risk that you can take, or that, that they're not willing to take." But it's all. Oh, mate, you look at that team. If we still had Fraser, we'd have had more goals than we've got. I don't care if he's you know getting older and what. 
He's yeah, still... he struggled a bit at Huddersfield this season. He has hasn't he? He still scored since lockdown, though, which you know we've sort of failed to do. Yeah, I think in I mean they 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 play quite defensively, uh, not against us when we open up and just invite them to score lots of goals away from home. But <laughs> um, we, you know, he's much more of an intelligent striker than either Josh McGinnis or Tom Eaves, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Um, and and if you know, even now I know he's he's, he's getting on a bit. You know, he's getting towards the twilight of his career, so to speak, isn't he? Um, he's probably got maybe two years left, and then he'll probably he's probably started his coaching badges already. I mean, but we all love Fraser, don't we? But he's not, you know, it's not going to be world beater now, especially in the league that we've got. But he's much better than any of the options we've got up front. Yeah, it's so short sighted. Yeah, it is. You know, this this. All right, well, it's going to cost money to get him, but yeah, have you money you spent on Eves? I mean, what's that? What did what did what did we even sign Eves for? The the fee, I mean, I don't mean why did we sign Eves? Because that's a <laughs> big question. Say... <laughs> <laughs> he was a free transfer. Was he a free transfer? Yeah, right? he was. Yeah. yeah. So, but whatever, whatever he's on per week, he's not justified that with four goals all season, has he? So, I mean, you can only you can only imagine that his contract is a lot cheaper than Fraser Campbell's. But then again, it's it's like Burnsy was saying on the radio last night. It's kind of this, um, you know, occupation that we have with with um, finances, and and I know he was relating it to the um, extending or extension of Lehigh and yeah. Irvine's yeah, contract. Irvine, yeah, yeah, this sort of thing. Like it's like cutting off your own nose to spite your face. Yeah, kind of. it's those two. If if they've got you know. If they did play, we looked a more uh, we looked a stronger outfit, especially with an actual right back. So we didn't have one, you know. Yeah, and and a... Irvine could have been somebody who did go kind of as a ten, where you've got another target man as well as Eves, mm. and he's he's much more of an intelligent player than. I mean, I think when we we originally said all oh, well, the teams that we'd pick, I still would maintain that Grant McCann played Irvine out of position because he tried to use him as a deep line midfielder, and he was never and a deep line midfielder. No. Was he? No, he's not, for, not a, for me. Not for much me. more of a of a behind the striker sort of midfielder and, and pulling wide and holding the ball up. He could have even played as a second striker, you know, like a, you know, as part of a two with Eves, because you've got two big lads there in, in a in an emergency situation if we were one nil down and we needed a goal, lump it into the box. You know, like we did against Luton first half. We were lumping balls into the box. Chances are, if we'd have had Irvine there, we may have had more of a chance of scoring. Mm. Um, I know it's all ifs and buts and it's just bullshit, really, but it does seem to be massively short-sighted because it may cost us cost them another month's wages. Yeah, but to, then let's look, just get look, rid of it. Look at the loss that you've got when you've gone down. Yeah, and you've gone down into a league that, as we said before, doesn't actually exist at the moment. And no, so we don't know when it restarts, do we? No. And is I mean the other thing is Wigan are they going to challenge that points deduction and are they going to win? I mean I would, you know, not I'm not taking any joy out of Wigan getting relegated with us. None at all. I mean that was heartbreaking for them last night, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean all they needed was a win and they would have been safe. Yeah. Um, it's it was mainly Barnsley, weren't it? Um, Barnsley getting those points, but. <sighs> It messes everything up. I don't mean in a bad way. I'm not having to go at Wigan, but if they then appeal, how long is that going to go to take to the uh, go to the court of arbitration for sport? And then 
what they do with that will will set a dangerous precedent if they say, oh, actually, no, the, the appeal, the points appeal must apply next season. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because then imagine if imagine if that happened. Imagine if they went to the court, the CAS, and they said, actually, it should be next season. So they're back on to 59 points and then Barnsley go down with us and Charlton. I can't imagine that happening for one minute, but no. it's still a possibility, isn't it? Yeah. So we're going down into a league that we don't 100% know we're going to actually go down with yet. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a crazy situation. It really is. I mean, for, I was going to say, fortunately, we're, we're not affected by it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're not because we're with the bottom team. It's not yeah. um, the only ones. Really we don't deserve a lifeline. Is yeah, no, I we don't. That's, no, that's no, what I mean by that. We, we would have, um, if we'd have stayed up, it'd have been a travesty on football's part, not for us, because we'd have obviously said, "Oh, well, you know, at least we." But then next season, if we've got the same recruitment that we had, we probably would have finished bottom with a record low points total again. So. I'm not saying it's a good thing we've gone down. I'm saying we deserve to go down because we're rancid. <laughs> um, and the recruitment needs to be better. We need to buy players that are proven either lower half of the championship or top half of League One. We can't go gambling on Festus Arthur lookalikes because, yes, he might be really good for us, but he's played for Stockport. He's yeah, not... it's gonna it's gonna take him a while to mature, isn't it? That's what so... I mean. So it's all right maybe having him and bedding him in, you know, over the first ten games or so. But if he's signing loads of players like that, mate, what's there's not much hope. There's no leaders there. You need to be signing people who are, you know, well experienced in League One and know how to get out of it, have been promoted before or have had good records. Do you know you know what yeah. I'm getting at? Yeah, because I mean it... I... We all, we all know, um, everybody knows that you never win anything with kids. So. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, that comparison is is maybe the exception to the rule, but you, do, you you can win stuff with kids, but you need the experience that goes with it as well. Yeah, um, yeah. You, you need leaders on the pitch to some sometimes. The I mean, young players by well, different... let's let's not forget them. You know, that's the famous saying, isn't it? You'll never win anything with kids, but let's not forget that Man United still had. Uh, like Sir Ryan Giggs and Eric Cantona exactly. and Roy yeah. Keane. Because when the young <laughs> players are going to be inconsistent by their nature because they're just getting the feel for the game. Yeah. So they need seasons. I mean, look at, you know, we've had players in the past come up and, you know, young lads. And we had Fraser Campbell when we got promoted. He was a young lad coming along for Man United, not really played that much. But he had Dean Windus next to him. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Yeah, and the likes of Nick Bambi. Yeah, exactly. To Ashby's to in there, Dorse. Yeah. Henrik Pedersen. You've got, you've, got, you've got a spine through the team. And then by that point, Mile at the, in, in goal was like a season pro for us, wasn't he? Three, three, four seasons. Gone up the leagues with us and stayed in the championship for two. And, and you've got a spine of the team that's really experienced and won't take shit. You know, if you're having a bad game, you need to be told, don't you? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what this this squad is missing because there's no there's no natural captain. Device for me was probably the choice that everyone would have gone for to be captain. Yeah, I think so. But that maybe that's you but know the maybe, way that he's reacted to it as well. It kind of shows you that there was actually a real lack of options. The only time that he really showed any passion was when we scored against Borough. Well, I mean, and I, you know, Peter Swan on the radio as well has had 
has criticised him for that as well. It's like he doesn't see a natural leader in him, doesn't see a leadership candidate, but he's always the first in front of the cameras when they're scoring a goal. Mm. It wasn't something I picked up on until then, but then you look back at other goal celebrations and he is. Um, Mouth up and fist in the air. Yeah, and we all love that. You know, we do like seeing well, that yeah, passion. When you but then when you see it from the passion, yeah. You consider it from the other side. It's like, oh well, maybe you might have a point there. I'm not sure. It's not something I've really thought about. But it is, I, I yeah, thought... I agree with that. I think it's maybe thinking of something things from a different angle sometimes. Yeah, it was in, it was interesting to see that that was the perspective he had on it. But also, when you when you are, um, you know, the lack of options when we didn't have Lehigh playing or whatever, he'd gone with Long as captain. No. For me, a goalkeeper is not a captain. I mean, I, I mean, you might have your own opinions on that, but I think it needs to I be. I think they need to be order. exceptional. They need to be exceptional. Um, bring him up again, like you know, again, it's like it's like the Premier League comparison. We yeah. we don't like making it because it's it's such a ridiculously overblown or a mismatch comparison that it's you can only glean so much from it. But the only goalkeepers to me that stand out as captains, uh, Peter Shilton and mm. Peter Schreichel. Yeah. Uh, so they need to be exceptional. Not sure George Long is. No, I wasn't sure why he'd been chosen. And then it's maybe just because there are no leaders. Mm. Um, and he's a character. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think somebody like Honeyman for his work rate is maybe in that bunch, probably the only choice I would have. Um, he's he's no You know, from the current crop that we've retained, it'd be somebody that I would look at. I haven't I haven't been overly convinced by him for a lot of the season, but what did impress me is is in these games where everything's gone to pot, it, he's not gone hiding, um, no, no. and I, I, I think that that is an admirable quality in a player. Um, that bravery when things aren't going well to to still want the ball and still be trying to make things happen. Um, so he would be mm. somebody that I would look at, but you know you don't know what's, what's going to happen. Who we're going to bring in? But it it might be nineteen, twenty year olds again. You know. Yeah, <laughs> who knows? Yeah, we'll have to see who we bring in, but as long as they're in the boat, <laughs> more metaphors. <laughs> <laughs> um, so well, I think we got to the end of the transfers. Um, just a couple of things. I think that obviously we reached the end of the season now. Um, and I think both of us, you know, this is something we want to carry on, isn't it? No. Um. Oh. <laughs> First half, you almost had it. Um, <laughs> but not going to lie. Not going to lie. Um, I think maybe now's the time for maybe a you know a couple of weeks break because I think you know we've we've kind of done our end of season you know summary, and I. I kind of think there's not a lot more to be. I think people need to let the bruises heal and the wounds heal. You know, I certainly feel that way. I was, I was in a way, I was almost dreading talking about it tonight because it's like, what more can you say? Can, it's what I mean, over, yeah. Over recent weeks, we sort of we've we've said all that we could say about it, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. And um, it just it, it it does feel almost like you're repeating yourself over and over again. Yeah. Um, but apparently people like to listen to that because if we have nearly 500 yeah. listens last week, that's fair enough and we'll keep doing that. But I do think we need a bit of a break from this and and come back because obviously when we do the, the the episodes and we publish them out, it's 
this will be the I think it's the 18th or 19th one. I'll have to check, but we will come back for next season, season two. I think we'll you know by then hopefully we'll we'll know you know by the time we, we record again we'll know when the league will restart and then you know if there are signings that have been made maybe a couple of pre-season chats about chances and signings and things will be a nice change for us to be looking forward to a season and you know maybe not necessarily just losing every game although we're going to have to have some good recruitment to make sure that that doesn't you know we don't have a terrible start to the season yeah fingers crossed um, you know things will improve in a social and uh, societal sense as well so that we can yeah we can get back in the grounds because um you know i'll still be going it's, it's still my intention to go absolutely um, i'm not i'm not rushing to cancel my membership no and i think in, this is going to be an opportunity to go to some grounds where I even I either haven't been for a long time or I haven't been at all. Well, I, I, it's mad, isn't it? I was gutted last night. I was absolutely gutted about relegation. Uh, I still am. You could go to Wickham. But, but yeah, one of the first things I did was go and look at uh, what grounds I've not been to. And there's nine now in League One that I haven't been to. Oh, it's uh, out of interest. Which, uh, which, one, which ones have you not done? Right, let me have a butcher's. Because <laughs> um, there's, there's not many grounds you've not been to. I will say you've done. No, a but lot the more thing is, because it's been it's been that long since we've been down there that True, um, they've changed a lot, haven't they? Some yeah. clubs have even gone out the leagues now that we may have. Yeah, played so I haven't been. I haven't been to Wickham. Yeah, well, they've they've Ox. come up though, haven't they? Oh, of course they have. Yeah, so I I haven't been Scratch to. <laughs> yes, <laughs> just reading off the league table. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Bloody hell, as if we're in the league below Wickham Wanderers. I know, but, well, yeah, yeah. Less, <sighs> less said about that, the better. Jesus Christ. So, <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> uh, so it's this table here. Yeah, so um, Oxford United, I'll be going to, I'll be going yeah. to, I'll be going to Fleetwood. Um, yes. I yeah. haven't been to Gillingham. I missed that magic night in Burton where Will Keane scored. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd like to do Burton because they, they're a good, uh, Brewery, aren't they? Um, what, Carling? Um, no, I don't, I don't know. Don't know. I've heard it's garbage. Sure. Oh, really? Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I've never done Milton Keynes Dons. Good away day. Good away day. Yeah. If you wanted I, I to do that, I know. Well, but... I know a good pub by a canal. Um, I'm there. And yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's a nice away day. Uh, last time we went, we won. Diane scored, which God Almighty seems like a long time ago. Yeah. Um, right. But it's yeah, nice pub in Milton Keynes by a canal. Last time we were there, it was the day of the Rugby Union World Cup final, and the pub afterwards right. was full of toss pots trying to watch the Rugby League Rugby Union World Cup final. Well, did um, they have? Did they have like the rugby shirt with the collar up? Yeah, it did. Yeah, with, yeah. There was yeah, one guy talking with plums through the mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Calling it rugger. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah but yeah, it's a good. It's good away day. Always nice to walk walk past the Marshall Amps factory as well. Yeah, um, I haven't been to Shrewsbury Town, so I'll be of doing Peterborough, that. Of Peter, Peterborough's changed their standing, so they've actually all got seats now. Yeah, I believe so. Um, um, so there's local ones in Rotherham, Donny, and Lincoln. Not been yeah. Lincoln for a long time. No, I haven't, fortunately. Um, and then Accrington Stanley. Yes, Who I, had they? A ticket, I had a ticket for the cup game at Accrington, but never ended up going because I couldn't get anybody to go with me. 
Um, who are who are they exactly? <laughs> Bolton, yeah. I've done before, but yeah. uh, I've got I've, I've got gone. some friends who are Bolton fans. Bolton, so Bolton have gone anyway, it. mate. Oh, true, they have. Haven't they? They've gone down yeah. to League Two. Um, and AFC Wimbledon, I'm quite looking forward Ooh, yes. to as well. Yes, um, as I think I've said before, my my uncle lives in London, so I always look out for the south, the southern away yeah. games because it's an excuse yeah, yeah. to get together. Um, so yeah, looking forward to doing a few. It'd be, in a way, it'll be nice to go and, and revisit these old places that you haven't been to for ages, like Bristol Rovers have not been to for absolutely years. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't remember. I don't know if they're still at the Gasworks, are they? Um, but they call they just call they call the gas, aren't they? I know there's, yeah. a, there's a few people who do a Bristol the Memorial podcast Stadium. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I think they were when I last went, at least. Um, yeah, still there apparently. Yeah. So you uh, know that's the madness, isn't it? It's like you suddenly start looking for all these things, and I don't want to be going to these places. Um, you know, but we will fa- anyway. Yeah, fa- <laughs> I'd rather be going. You know, going to well, you know, championship stadiums. But there's still there's still some things to look forward to. I guess still reasons to go. Um, yeah. And the, and the other main reason is we'll all go together. And it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter um, how crappy football club is. Um, the important thing is not to let the football spoil a good day out at the football. You know, enjoy <laughs> enjoy the people that you go with more than anything. That's what will keep um, me going, at least. Yeah, That's the positive that you can carry into the summer. Absolutely. And I mean, I think one of the other things as well, if you know, if we're at games together, then we can actually ask. You know, we can record live in the stadiums. We need to do it through the phone anyway. No, I'm not can, doing that. You're not doing that. <laughs> no. Why not? Why would I want to do that? <laughs> I mean, like reactions afterwards if we've won. Like, That's you know, very that. Arsenal fan TV. <laughs> well, we'll knock that on the end. That was only an idea. He's a bad one. <laughs> well, maybe was, you know, last time we set up a poll, everyone shouted at me, so I ain't doing that. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Save yourself a headache. Yeah, true. Um, <laughs> But obviously, yeah. So we've got we we have got new grounds to visit next year. But I think for a while, all might be quiet for a little bit until there's anything significant that we need to talk to. For example, if Grandpa can walks, it might be something we talk about. Hmm. But you know, I can't see anything changing in the next couple of weeks for us to justify doing another episode without yeah. repeating ourselves. Yeah. Um. So I think for a while it'll be it'll be radio silence for a bit. We will be back. We'll so, bounce back. We'll we'll apparently. reset. We'll go again. We'll get in the boat. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to keep repeating that. <laughs> Did you see what Burnsy had put in response to that? The, oh, the bounce yes, back one. Yeah, remind me of it, yeah. Um, he said, um, so there was just that tweet, we'll, we will bounce back, and Burnsy had put, I'm afraid you could have the keys to a trampoline factory and there would be very little evidence to support your assertion. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be uh, half past 12 last night, so he'd have been on the beers, um, probably staying over in the hotel with people like Phil Buckingham and Swanee and stuff, so they'll have had yeah. a few drinks. Weren't they? I thought, saw that they'd funny? had social distance beer. Phil Buckingham yeah. said social distance beers in a hotel room with uh, Bertie and Swanee. Swanee was like a sad end to you know, a <laughs> glorious era. 
Uh, that did make me laugh, that tweet, though. Yeah, um, it did. It was very good, very droll. So well done. Um, but yeah, f- for a little bit, it'll be goodbye, but we we will return in the new season. So thanks to everybody for listening, and uh, we will be back soon. Enjoy your summer. Heal up. <laughs> it could be a long one next it year. It could be. <laughs> it very much could. <laughs> Speak to you soon. Cheers.